OMG, we've got a lot to discuss today, and uh, we're just going to get right into this. Welcome to the Podcast of Champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm going to take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club, and there's plenty to talk about. Um, so let's get right into this. Let me sort of welcome everyone that's going to be a part of this, at least as of right now. And jokes on you, Harry, one of those members that you've mentioned in the comments isn't here quite yet. We'll see if they show up. So we're going to go first down to San Diego and Mr. USL show himself. Alan, how are you doing, my man? Thanks for warming up uh, our listeners to get prepped for this uh, this show. No problem. No problem. Uh, uh, things are going well. It's uh, right before spring break. So fr- frayed ends and uh, a little bit tried patience at times, but glad to be here to talk more footy tonight. No, it's it's awesome. We're always excited to talk about footy and, and you know, focusing on Orange County, but we'll see how things go. Let's head on up north and a little bit to the west to Reno, where we got Brad up in Reno. Uh, you're sporting a, a, a retro shirt there today, uh, tonight, Brad. Yeah, I figured I'd break it in. Uh, my lead-in today is what does a television deal and lots of money coming to Orange County have in common, and why am I burying the lead there? More on this in the episode. More on that, whatever he just said later on in the episode. <laughs> um, but let me also bring on one person who is our our, our guest tonight, a friend of the show, um, and someone that I owe a deep, deep apology to for our blunder when it came to our that was actually not that <laughs> award show um that was I, I want to say this though it, we got edson from uh down in the valley podcast edson welcome to the show and i have to say that was probably one of the uh the funnest moments of that episode in all honesty so i mean you 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 probably did that on purpose right <laughs> no i actually I, I guess it's one of those things where i was editing jacobs and then when i was editing mine i was kind of running out of time so i, I kind of overlooked the actual editing of mine but uh no it's all good that was like i said i was on my end but it's great to be back uh with y'all to talk about uh, rgbfc for uh, all of your uh audience to listen to yeah, so I guess uh, we were on the same page there because I was doing the exact same thing. I think I was editing it like five minutes before we were about to go live with it, trying to put it all together. Uh, and uh, so that's why I didn't catch it uh, in time. But again, it was one of the funny moments of that episode. Uh, and uh, luckily, our producer, once he realized what was happening, Andy, he pulled it off and he's like, let's not keep this going. We'll just, uh, we'll just move on. So uh, welcome uh, once again. So what we're going to do for this episode, there's there's a lot to talk about, but for, you know, to, to be kind to our guest Edson, who is a couple hours ahead of us on the clock, uh, we're going to jump right into the preview of our upcoming match. So we're going to do things a little bit backwards uh, than we normally would. We're going to go to the preview of our next match, which is against uh, RGV Toros. 
um, or how, 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 how is the, what's the proper way to say that, uh, Edson, uh, teach me how to, to, to say the team name. RGV FC Toros or RGV Toros. It's, it's correct. Okay. okay. I always mess up cause uh, there's all these teams. I was trying to figure out like Colorado, uh, Springs switchbacks FC and all this weird stuff. There's, there's some of these names are like five or six, seven words long. It sometimes get difficult. Uh, but yes. So orange County is going to have their home opener this weekend. Uh, along with a beer fest this weekend at championship soccer stadium hosting RGV Toros. Uh, it's uh, bound to be a very energetic uh, atmosphere at the club. It's the first time the home fans are going to witness orange County uh, as champions uh, in their home stadium, playing a match. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to get RGV here. Uh, give us your rundown. We're watching some highlights that our producer Andy has thrown up on the screen of the RGV Oakland match. Uh, tell us your your thoughts on how that match went for RGV and what does it mean for the team heading into Orange County? Well, you know, as a lot of people that that um, that follow RGV can tell you, um, RGV decided to pretty much redo their squad compared to last uh, season. I know Wilmer Cabanera has mentioned that they lost about seventy percent of last season's squad that made it to the playoffs, and so they they it was intentional, according to him. Uh, so it was that incognito of seeing how RGV was going to be playing this season with all these new players, especially with the fact that RGV decided not to mention anything about preseason, uh, who played in their preseason matches or what their scores were even there. So it was a huge incognito to see if uh, RGV was going to continue with that high pressure system that they had established last season. And right off the bat in this game, you, you, you could see that where their intention was to be as uh, offensive uh, as possible, trying to put that high pressure, create those opportunities for themselves and uh, forcing the the defense of Oakland Roots to create mistakes. Um, they had some opportunities that uh, really were not on target. That was uh, one of the things that kind of uh, was questionable at the moment. Um Frank Lopez had an opportunity on the 28th minute that he completely missed. And then the 34th, he scores the the lone goal of the match, which was also the lone shot on target for RGV uh, in that game. But defensively, it was a completely different story. You know, they were able to play well, not only in the high-pressure uh, moments of the match where they were pressing high up, but in the middle, in the second half, they played a little bit deeper and allowed Oakland to kind of get even closer to their uh, to their 18-yard box. But even then, in total, the Roots only managed to get two shots, uh, and both of them were off target in those whole 90-plus minutes of the match. So, so far, uh, RGV has looked good defensively. It's still a work in progress offensively. Uh, so let me ask you this, because uh, I, I know, uh, especially our producer, Andy, uh, was on Twitter quite a bit, sort of uh, talking. I think some of us uh, also were doing this. Uh, after Orange County eliminated San Antonio last season, uh, it was sort of uh, questioning the fitness of San Antonio. And they you know, were playing really high energy, high pace, high press uh, in that match. So when it got into the extra time, they were you know, cramping up. They were just huddled over while Orange County's like walking strong. Uh, is this a uh, something that plays into Orange County and their fitness levels and their style of play? If they're gonna, they're just gonna let you guys run like crazy and press all over and just, uh, you know, sort of that bend don't break mentality. Or, or does RGV have an answer 
uh, in those situations uh, that you've seen? I know it's very limited, one match so far, so you can't really mm -hmm. tell uh, the tactical changes. But do you think RGV will be able to um, change the pace if uh, if it if it's not working uh, the the high press? Um, I really think that they they can. Like like I mentioned, uh, I think Wilmer Cabrera, like he he can he can he said in the post game press conference, no team. Uh, especially this early in the season, can do a high-pressure uh, defensive tactic for a full 90 minutes, you know? So his intention to see what would happen with lying deep and just closing down the spaces for Oakland Roots, it worked against Oakland. And Oakland, you know, has some firepower, you know, like Juan Carlos Azócar, who was uh, really good for RGV in, in his moments here. Uh, that and that used Fornella with Sac the, who used to be with Sacramento Republic. So it wasn't just any any other other team. They had some firepower, but they limited them. So in case that high pressure system doesn't work, you know you could see those opportunities where they'll just kind of give Orange County the ball and try to close down the spaces and not get them close to inside the 18 yard box. Will it work? I'm not sure. Like I said, we haven't seen anything from them in preseason. Uh, we only saw, I think it'll, at most it was like 20 minutes where they played deep and then they kind of reverted back to playing the high pressure. So we'll see how that works for uh, Wilmer Cabrera. Now you also uh, have to remember, and it kind of surprised a lot of people, was that neither Gringo Torres nor Juan David Cabezas were even on the bench in this past game. Uh, against Oakland, uh, Oakland Roots, the defend the, the the midfielders that were um, in the in the starting eleven were a little bit more offensive um, based, like Isidro Martinez, Juan Pablo Torres, and uh, and Emilio Icaza. So maybe that could be a disadvantage for RGV not having a true defensive midfielder playing against Orange County SC. So um, I'm going to do this. We have more questions for you, but really quick, because we do have some fans that are watching on the live stream. Again, if you're listening to the podcast, join us uh, on Tuesday evenings, 830 Pacific time on the live stream and chat with us and we'll we'll interact with your chats. And so what I want to do is I'm going to open up now anyone that's on the live stream. If you want to throw in a question for Edson, um, throw it into the chats and our producer will get it uh, popped up on the screen when we have a moment. But I'm going to uh, ask you this really quick, Edson, uh, and, and we're going to get into this news uh, a little bit later, but some very big uh, reports came out that one Ronaldo Damas is, is looks like he's going to be leaving orange County and, and heading to Europe um, as an outsider, as a, a, you know, someone that's honestly, you're probably looking at, you're hoping orange County doesn't uh, you know, repeat as champions or anything like that. Uh, what does it feel like as a, as an opposing fan to see a, a player like Ronaldo Damas potentially moving on um, outside of the league? Honestly, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's a somebody from another team, but just the fact that another league is looking at USL Championship players, that only is that's only good good things for the league as a whole. It means that if you grab these players from the USL Championship, move them abroad or wherever they're at, and they perform well, they're going to start looking at other USL uh, Championship players. And who who knows? Maybe in in the future, RGV uh, could benefit from selling a player abroad 
And that only, if done right, you know, that, that will only help with the reputation of the USL championship within this uh, U.S. soccer pyramid. And I believe it's the same team that Forrest Lasso uh, went to out there in Europe. So definitely uh, some scouting going on from the European clubs. I know uh, the Swedish league isn't the top league in Europe, but it's still, you know, a pretty a pretty decent uh, thing to see. Um, I did see a question that came up from El Patron de Grayson, um, and, and I was going to call you out. I wanted to ask you about that. You're wearing that Astros hat. Is that on purpose to try and get under the skin of these uh, Southern California baseball fans that might be paying attention to the stream? No, but uh, if that is what's causing uh, a little bit of uh, controversy, then I am very glad I actually grabbed this uh, hat. Do you have like one of those world famous uh, metal trash cans somewhere uh, in the studio there behind you or anything like that that you can bang uh, uh, if it's going to be a certain uh, type of question coming your way, you know, if we're throwing you a curve? No, uh, sadly, I don't have the budget for it. Uh, all I have is a, a bit of uh, plastic bins. So, but uh, the, the the question on part of the the Astro thing is is does RGV cheat as much as the Astros? I know it's sort of a joking um, uh, question, but hey, we all know in, in this sport, the sport of soccer, there's there's some some gamesmanship that goes on, right? We've we've talked about it in the past with Rob Kiernan with Orange County trying to get under the skins of some of the San Diego players. Allen's all all familiar with that. Um, do you ever notice any of your uh, players out there, RGV, uh, that uh, are maybe playing a little dirty or trying to uh, get away with a couple uh, a couple things here and there, uh, an extra tug of the jersey or a, a swipe at someone hoping the ref doesn't see? Or does RGV play a pretty clean game? I think from um, those players that tend to be dirty, or dirty in air quotes, um, they didn't play against Oakland. And it's Eric Pimentel, who's uh, usually that that uh, defender that is usually involved in a yellow card, especially last season. Um, and of course, Juan David Cabezas. And Juan David Cabezas has been like that since uh, his days at the Houston Dynamo. You know, he he's uh, he's not dirty aggressive, but he is aggressive enough that he'll like he will not think twice if he has to tug his shirt to stop a player from uh, creating danger on on his goal. Awesome. Let me uh, throw it down to uh, Alan. If you have a question for, for Edson uh, heading into this match. Yeah. Is there, uh, I shouldn't say concern. Is there any concern that RGV is going to revert to a couple years ago? where pretty dangerous at home, but maybe not as uh, potent on the road or is our, does you think RGV has kind of learned from the past and because they're uh, they made some strides for last year that they're going to be a little bit more dangerous on the road. I feel like Wilmer Cabrera has, has kind of learned from his time, uh, not only with RGV in 2016, but also with the Houston Dynamo. When he was with the Houston Dynamo, that was exactly his issue. Uh, his Houston Dynamo of 2017 was extremely dangerous at uh, BBVA Stadium uh, in Houston. But as soon as they started playing away, it's, it was like a completely different team, a more conservative team, you know, considering that you had players like Albert Elise and Romel Kioto and Mauro Manotas, and like you had no excuse to play conservative and kind of uh, betray your, your play style in, in order to try to go for that for that draw. I think Wilmer Cabrera has kind of gone past that, and we saw it last uh, season where 
RGB tended to be a lot more aggressive, almost as aggressive as they usually are at home. So honestly, I don't think that we will see a conservative RGB playing on the road. Is that is that your last your only question uh, there, Alan? Uh, how do you feel about blue and orange? I mean, it seems to be a, a pretty consistent color scheme down there. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I think uh, it's it's our- funny though because um, when I was watching the final when, between you guys and, and Tampa Bay, the first thing I did when I turned it on and I saw that you guys were also wearing the blue kits, white shorts, and orange numbers, I'm like. Man, I wish I could say that that was RGV playing the final because it, it was like the exact same uh, the exact same scheme that we used last season. I think had it not been that you guys have been using Adidas and we're Puma now, I've been like, man, like it's RGV up there on the screen. But uh, but no, it's, I mean, I think it's a it's a it's a nice combination. Um, so kudos. Let's hand it off to Brad. Brad, do you have any questions for Edson? Brad's like, nope, I don't have anything. Everyone asked all the questions uh, that I was planning to answer. Uh, let me ask you this really quick, Edson. Uh, better uh, better kit designer, Puma or Adidas? Hmm. I've always been very... Uh, I think Adidas has been my favorite kit maker. I was going to say, he wants to say Adidas, but he doesn't want to uh, turn mostly his back because, on his own club. Mostly because of the fact, like, I have been you know, very partial towards adidas ever since theaters started wearing them you know and uh, but honestly I, I think when it comes to uh the templates like for lower league clubs i think puma ha- has done more to kind of embrace lower league uh divisions here in in the u.s than adidas i feel like adidas like it continues to be you know those cookie cutter the cookie cutter templates which are really really nice Honestly, and uh, let's let's not forget the fit on Adidas is a lot more normal than those extremely sporty fit from Puma, you know. But I'm if you, to answer that question, I think overall, I think Adidas. I I would prefer Adidas. Uh, so let's get into the, the some predictions of this match. And I'm just gonna I'm going through like just sort of trying to find the predictions that have been coming through. But I, I'll tell you right now, it's an, it hasn't been nice for your RGB team. But uh, honestly, we are an Orange County Soccer Club podcast, so you, you would anticipate that there's going to be a lot more uh, love for Orange County. But I will say, a lot of our fans tend to be pretty realistic on some of the scores, and then we have people outside of Orange County. But I'm seeing some scores coming through in the predictions. Um, uh, you know, El Patron de Grayson with a 3-1 for Orange County. Russell uh, with a 2-1 for Orange County. Um, I think I saw uh, Harry with, uh, what was Harry with? A 1-0, I think. Um, and then also Mikey with a 1-0. Uh, you know, you got Andy uh, Palomo, or is it Palomo? Yeah, with a 2-1 uh, scoreline. If RGV will play conservat- uh, conservative, that's going to be it. But uh, we'll see how it goes there. Um yeah. And uh, th- so, so Edson, do you, what do you think of these predictions? And uh, is uh, RGV going to upset a lot of people based on what these predictions look like? Honestly, I, I think that <laughs> that three ones a little, it might be a little bit over overboard uh, than compared to what I think I've seen from RGV defensively. Um I don't think that RGV is so bad defensively that they'll allow three goals in in the game. Um, I mean, the possibility is always always there, 
you know, but uh, I think more realistically for me, if you ask me for my prediction, it would be 1-1 because I think they're going to be decent uh, defensively to limit uh, the opportunities by OC, but I feel like just one uh, particular um, play, like outstanding play from Orange County is going to get the goal. Offensively, like I mentioned, is still a work in progress uh, for RGV. The fact that they had, I think it was like 16 shots, uh, but only one on target um, was a little concerning for me. But I do think that with uh, Frank Lopez, Dylan Borjak, and Ricky Reese, they might they might have that one accurate pass uh, cross into the into the box that Frank Lopez is gonna put into the back of the net. I think uh, for me that that's based on what I've seen from both clubs. I think that's the most reasonable in my eyes uh, prediction. Awesome. Um, let's just go around the board here really quick. Predictions from Brad Allen, and then we can wrap things up and let Edson go uh, go get some rest because it's getting late over there. I know it. Um, Allen, you first prediction. Uh, I'm going to agree with the 1-0. I think both teams uh, are going to play each other pretty defensively. Uh, I think Orange County being at home uh, is going to get that a little bit of an advantage. Uh, RGV is a much more dangerous team at home uh, than they are on the road. Uh, so I'm going to pick an Orange County victory at 1-0. Brad, do you got a prediction for this match? Of course. I'm going to say uh, Orange County is going to win this one uh, 2-0. And Brad stole my prediction. I was going to go 2-0. I think there's going to be a lot of pent-up energy from Orange County fans at this uh, opening home match for the the club. Uh, fans, A lot of the fans were very frustrated and upset about Orange County's uh, defense of the title being on the road in Colorado Springs. So I think it's going to be uh, – uh, it's going to be a lot of energy there. The only concern maybe is if you have some local Southern California, Southern California fans that were thinking of coming out to the match, but now they can sit at home and watch it on uh, Valley Sports West. Uh, maybe, but uh, I, I don't think that's the case. I think for a home opener, first chance to see your defending champions, uh, you know, the trophy, the cup will be there. Uh, everyone's fan favorite uh, mascot gnarly will be there. So I, I think it's going to be an, uh, a party atmosphere and I, I'm sorry. I think it was Harry that asked the question, whose uh, banner is going to be bigger, Orange County's or New York's? I, I, I can't answer that um, uh, other than we'll, we'll have to wait and see uh, what that looks like at Championship Soccer Stadium. Edson, you have any last uh, thoughts, comments, anything for us before we let you head out? Um, Just, uh, you know, a, a question to you all. What, with the inclusion of El Cubo Torres that has already been coached under Wilmer Cabrera. How do you think that is going to impact, you know, how Orange County is going to, is going to be using him as an, as an attacking reference? Do you want to take that Alan? Um, I mean, I think he's going to play more of the Ugo Coley role of uh, maybe not the speed guy, but you use the speed guy to create space for a player like Kubo Torres. Um, I, I think you're going to use some guys up top to kind of stretch the defense and he can find the space in between. Uh, or you uh, put a guy up top, a kind of like a target man, but he's not going to be the speed guy. Right. So um, I can see him kind of being as like a more, a little bit more, I want to say old school to striker attack, but I think, 
he can team up pretty well with a, a pacier striker that can really um, put some pressure on the back line and he can come in and uh, put the ball in the back of the net. But, I mean, we've only seen, what, a th- three quarters of a game from him? So we'll have to see, because um, Richard Chaplow is a much smarter soccer person than I am. <laughs> and we'll have to see, because, you know, who's going to be that pacey option for Orange County um, going forward if uh, the reports that we're hearing are true about Ronaldo Damas. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, there, a, a big part of uh, Kubo being brought in is a, to try and build the, the, you know, fandom from some of the local Hispanic community, Latino community, Latinx community. Uh, and and um, so they're, they're trying to go there. You already had Michael Orozco there. Now you, you're adding Kubo in there, uh, but it, it's going to probably take some time. And, and this is things I, I think Orange County fans, we've gotten used to this over the last you know, four or five seasons is, is a lot of the time it, it, it takes some time for them to figure things out. They don't ever get out to really great starts. I know, uh, uh, our, I believe our producer Andy was throwing out some stats, uh, earlier today on Twitter, uh, that orange County is not very successful on their opening matches. And, and you looked at our opponent this last uh, week, at Colorado Springs, they're really good on their opening matches. I, I think part of that probably, um, has to do with, you know, you, you, you can train better when you're in the higher altitudes, uh, like they are, regardless if you're opening games on the, at home or on the road, you're going to be in better condition because you had to run around, uh, in the mountains for uh, a few weeks before you get started. So, um, that's how that goes, but yeah. Um, you have any last things to throw on top of that, Brad? Nope. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to figure out we'll, maybe we'll figure this out afterwards. Cause I know, uh, Harry asked the question, what does Brad have against Edson? Because uh, Brad doesn't want to talk in this conversation here. Brad Brad has made a decision to uh keep tally on everybody's scores and he is trying to He's figure busy. out a system. He's trying to figure out a system that's like organized. It looks good though. There we go. Edson, anything else for us or uh are you ready to go uh go get some sleep? No, I think I think that's pretty much uh it for me. Uh I just have to remind y'all that in all of history between RGV and the Orange County team, whether it was the Blues or OCSC at Championship Stadium, RGV has won three. Orange County has won two. Will this trend continue, or will OC equalize in that series? Bum, bum, Thank y'all bum, for the bum, invite, bum. guys. I, I feel like we should have been going to commercial right there or something after that. That that gets brought up. It sounded like a lead into a commercial break. You know, go go ch- change it up. Hey, uh, really quick, Edson, let our listeners know if they want to hear more from you, if they want to check you out on your podcast, where, where can they go? Sure. Uh, you guys can uh, check out my podcast. Uh, it's uh, available in all of your favorite podcasting platforms. You can find us as uh, Down in the Valley Podcast. Uh, we usually have a new episode every Tuesday. And we don't go live anymore on YouTube, but we do post the the record the recording video on there as well, so you can check it out. Follow you can follow me uh, on uh, on Twitter and on Instagram at eochoa underscore eight, and also check out my articles regarding uh, RGVFC uh, on the Striker Texas. Um, you can go. find all all of my analysis and and uh, recaps of RGVFC uh, with uh, the Striker Texas. Awesome. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that's Edna Choa from Down in the Valley uh, uh, podcast. Check him out. Check out – is Jacob – Jacob's still with you, right? So check those yes. guys out on their podcast. And we'll have to get Jacob on here so we can try and find out who is the better uh, RGV uh, Down in the Valley podcaster uh, in the near future. We'll, we'll have a vote for that. That will be a special award in our award show at the end of the season. Uh, thank you, Edson, for joining us. No, thank you all for the invite, and, and uh, have a good night. 
Hey, it's all good. Hey, our producers just try to be on top of things there and 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 do stuff with the cameras. But uh, uh, it's always awesome to get some of our fellow podcast friends onto the show. Edson's uh, been great. Jacob's been awesome. He's been on the show quite a few times with us. So it's awesome to just see a bunch of this. I see. Uh, apparently, it's when I'm on the the episodes that Brad's internet goes haywire because I, I he was claiming last week it was perfect, and now I'm back and he's having trouble there. So we'll try and get his internet. Uh, stuff fixed but uh i, I told you this episode is going to go weird because we're going to go all out of sorts in order um you know we could easily transition into talking about this last match but we're not going to quite do that yet because there was really big news uh, a couple of big news items that dropped today we already referenced uh, both of them but let's get into this ronaldo thing uh reports coming out earlier today uh that ronaldo damas is uh on the way out of orange county uh because uh yeah it's it's interesting um going to sweden uh any thoughts on this uh alan i'll go to you first since i know that at least your uh internet's working properly yeah uh we talked a little bit about this on the orange or the usl show we are talking about on the orange and black soccer cast um we're talking about this a little bit on the usl show and basically it was like uh you knew he was probably short for orange county i think the consensus was maybe sometime over summer uh but the things uh, to be happy about is you sent your you may be sending Ronaldo Damas to a GIF, which is always a a, a fun thing. Um, yeah, see GIF Sunsfall. It's like anyway, uh, and oh. the things you're getting back are like six figure payment, some sell on, some incentives. Like there's a lot to be happy with, and. Like the the team can do a lot with what Damas was able to provide. So he's able to provide you a cup run that ended with a star above your crest and now a six figure uh, payment. Like, what more do you want from one year of a player? Right. Um, I think in the long term for Orange County, this again proves that this is a a, a place to go to get noticed and to be. Uh, moved on to your next destination and that orange county is not in a position to deny people that move i think all of those things are great things for the organization uh, for young players who are able to say i want to move to europe so i'm going to go play for orange county and and i'm going to show what i can do and then they're going to let me go when 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 i get called upon to go right um it hurts in the short term because i don't think you can replace ronaldo damas um like there's no like for like player that you can probably go get right now. Uh, but what you can do is you can bring in a couple of really good pieces that give you the equivalent goal scoring output of a Ronaldo Namas. So um, I, I want to put it out there because I want to make sure we're disclosing everything. Cause th- this is not like a finalized deal. There's no confirmation that this is. And even the report from Kyle uh, Bonagura from ESPN, uh, the, the tweet came out earlier saying orange County soccer club is close to finalizing the transfer of striker Ronaldo Damas um, to GIF Sundsvall in the Swedish. Uh, what is it? All Svenskan, I guess is the, I, I I'm probably butchering that. I'm really good at butchering words um, and this is not English. So that's even worse. Um, this is according to sources that have told ESPN, uh, and they're they're quoting that it, it will be a six-figure transfer fee with incentives and a sell-on. So again, this is just reports. This is there, there's no finalization on this. Um, I even reached out to the members or to the club earlier today to see if you know there's any truth to this. And all I was able to get back was uh, no, you know, there's nothing we can say at this moment about anything. 
that you're seeing on ESPN. I basically just said, Hey, is the, the, the stuff on ESPN true? Can't say anything is, is what I, you know, was being told. So who knows uh, what is going on with that? But um, a couple things to look at there. And, and one of the things uh, I, I know a few of us were discussing this at the watch party. And I know we've even discussed some of this is uh, Ronaldo Damas missing from the team at the moment. I believe he is still in Haiti uh, and having difficulty uh, getting uh, his visa to come back to the U S or, or whatever it is that he's having trouble getting back to the U S um, to, to join orange County. So part of my belief is that's probably what is impacting this quicker or sooner than um, maybe was anticipated move for Ronaldo. It's it, you're, you're looking at it in two sides, right? The team, you, you have this player sitting there that has some really good value that you can't get him home. You can't get him to orange County to represent your team and play games and then you have Ronaldo, who's a young player that still has plenty of potential that this is the time that you want to be playing um, soccer. You want to be on the pitch. You want to be showing your worth and your value to, to improve your, your situation in soccer. And he can't do that right now. So I, I'm going to assume that the process to get a visa or get into Sweden is a little bit easier than it is to get into the U.S., at least at the moment from Haiti. Um, and that would be the reason why this is going. I, I have no knowledge of how that all works. So. Uh, apologize if I'm wrong on that, but um, that is where I come down to it is why this is happening sooner rather than later. Um, one of the things that I was wondering earlier when this first came out is, um, you know, cause most leagues, their winter transfer window ends, you know, end of January, maybe at some point in February, but in Sweden, their transfer window is through the end of March for the winter transfer window. So um, everything that you're looking at is based on the situation with Ronaldo sort of stuck in Haiti, can't get to the U S um, uh, you know, a team like Orange County seeing some value in this player that really can't play for you right now. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that there is, in fact, an open transfer window in Sweden right now to to sign in a player. It all, you know, it all looks like a legit, you know, the smoke seems real. It doesn't seem like this is someone that's just like pulling an article or a story out of nowhere and, you know, throwing against the wall and hoping it sticks. Uh, Brad, uh, your thoughts on what we're hearing with Ronaldo? Again, not not confirmed. Nothing's been announced but uh it, you know when it comes from espn it's it's usually a pretty legit source when when you're getting espn covering it uh yeah i guess it's kind of twofold one you know it's very hard to replace Thomas. i think next in line for that position i think we saw this past week would be a uh, milan Olaski, who doesn't stretch the field as much as Thomas does but is definitely capable in his own right and i think the team will learn to play around him um and the second thing is this if if true this isn't a free transfer, which is the biggest and most important part. Um what I think the report said it's a six figure deal plus uh incentives plus sell on bonus. So if he goes anywhere else on a uh transfer, uh we get a percentage. I don't know how big it's gonna be of that uh deal. So So we if, get a us fans, we get a percentage of that selling fee. That's awesome. I, 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 like I that. wish. Um, but uh, either way, it sounds like we will uh, we'll just end up seeing in the future. Uh, just it just shows that if you want to go to Europe, uh, Orange County has a proven track record in that regard. Uh, we've sent multiple players so far. We have Kobe Henry, who's rumored to be or who's connected with France, and uh, Francis Jacobs, who's connected with Europe as well. Just all these players. There's plenty of uh, selling points and opportunity within the team for that. And and if the reports are true about the about not only the the fee but a sell on, um, you know, 
clause or whatever to the to to this transfer. I mean, if anything, if if the FIFA video game series, if Football Manager has taught us anything, right, is if you have a player that's young, add a sell-on fee, even if it's only for a few percentage points, because at the most, their value probably will stick where it is, but it'll more than likely potentially go higher. If you're a 22-year-old, most 22-year-old uh, soccer slash football players, uh, their uh, value will increase over the next three to four years of, of their career. So um, it, it, again, if the reports are true, you're getting a, a chunk of change now and you're getting, you know, basically you're investing in your future. You're, get, you're, you're getting a, a pension out of Ronaldo Damas, right? In a few years, you might get some more money out of it, which would be nice to see. Um, but let me also sort of go on here is we've seen teams sneak around some of these sell-on clauses uh, when you look at some European transactions, um, you know, transfer a person for free, uh, you know, and, and, you know, sort of a, I don't know, a buddy, buddy, or, uh, you know, we'll transfer you this guy for free and you transfer us that guy for free six months later or type thing. I, I don't know how shady it gets and how, regulated is but i i think those types of things happen but i'm not saying that would happen here either alan did you have a thought on all this yeah i was i was curious about the visa issue um if it's easy it might maybe easier to get in sweden due to its like level of recognition as a professional league versus like a second division um i know indoor soccer has a tough time getting visas approved like the p1 visas approved uh because masl is not considered to be on the same level as like a, a, a professional league. Uh, so I wonder if it might be easier to convince the Haitian government to give him a visa um, or the Swedish government to give him a visa based on the level of that country's um, soccer performance, right? Like if it's the top league or how that's recognized in Sweden. Because um, visas and sports players uh, get kind of messy and things get drawn out and it's uh, you can appeal the decisions, but you know, you can lose those. Right. So there's guys who are in Mexico right now who can't play indoor soccer in the United States because they can't get the visa approved. Um, so there's all of that situation. I think that without knowing the ins and outs of Haitian political politics, um, or how they view the soccer, I think, you know, that does play a role, but ultimately like in the grand scheme of things, like you kind of knew he was on the way out. Uh, we'll be able to play Ronaldo in FIFA. Yeah, that was that. That was like one of the things I was most excited about is that he will be available. Probably not in this iteration. I don't know if they'll add him this late into the into the cycle. But when the next uh, game comes out, um, rumors are that it won't be called FIFA anymore. It'll be something else like EA Sports Soccer, or EA Sports Football, or whatever it may be uh... called. Um, but um, you'll have the option to play with Ronaldo. I know when uh, Mikey Seaton went out to Germany, the the, the third tier team in Germany. Um, they that team was in FIFA, and I one of the first things I did is I went to go check out Michael Seaton, sign him onto my team, although he was already like 28 or 27 or something at the time. Um, but bring him onto the team and and had him starting for Tottenham at some point. Sold Kane and brought in Michael Seaton to start for Tottenham. So um, uh, that that's at least a benefit of, of what we're seeing there when you have a player moving on to a, a European club, a, a bigger league, pretty you know for the most part. That's a good bit of business for you, right? Because that is a massive improvement. <laughs> and it's it, it in in the bank, right? In the bank, yeah. on the field, yeah. not a massive improvement, but in the bank. Yeah, and let's I, move I on. Think, yeah, yeah. That's okay. the, I think that's the fun. I think that's kind of the fun part to think about is think about the improvements that you're going to make as a team moving forward if this is accurate. 
and start dreaming about that next, then those next couple of players you're going to sign. Yeah. And, and um, you know, uh, other big news that came out today from Orange County, it, it was, it, this was actually official news. So the Ronaldo thing is just a, a report sort of at this point, we'll say it's a rumor or a, a speculation or, you know, at least a not finalized deal. Uh, but the report that came out from Orange County today and an official is they reached a, a partnership or an agreement to stream their, all their home games. I believe it was all their home games on Bally sports West. Plus I believe five additional road games on Bally sports West. I know one of the big things that orange County fans, I, I know anyone that's a USL fan typically will have ESPN plus um, because it's not expensive and you get to watch not just USL matches, but a bunch of other soccer. So if you're watching USL, you probably love soccer. You're probably willing to invest in ESPN plus, but a benefit of getting, a regional sports network to now cover you and, and show your games. And everyone, anyone that's familiar with Valley sports West knows that, you know, they'll, they'll showcase the game live and then they show replays either later on in the evening or the next day. Um, and it's just going to give that many more opportunities for people randomly switching through channels on whatever cable they have to potentially run into, Hey, there's a soccer team and Oh, it says OC. Is that orange County? Do we have a team in orange County? Um, so it, it's really, really, really big. And the, the other important thing to think about it, right. Is I, I know at least the galaxy they're on their own thing, like with spectrum or, or whatever they're tied in with the Dodgers or the Lakers, whichever channel that is, I, I believe LAFC. I don't know if they, they've never been on Bally uh, sports either. I know they at one point had their own YouTube channel. Um, I, I don't know where they're streaming their games now. Uh, but if, if, if I can remember correctly, orange County is, is going to be the one, like local soccer team that's broadcasting on the Valley sports network, which sort of gives you a little bit of an advantage there. Um, the only downside with Valley sports, many people that are in Southern California know is you, if you have a streaming service, uh, most of the streaming services like YouTube TV, Fubo TV, uh, Hulu with live TV don't have it. I think the only one that does is like the, the direct TV slash AT&T streaming package, but those ones are like really expensive. So not many people sign up for those. So that's the only downside on this. But uh, again, if you're a streaming person, more than likely you have the ESPN plus if you're a soccer fan. So you're still getting the product into the eyes of more people in Southern California. And because it's on a sports network and not just like a local channel five, channel seven, um, you know, people that are watching Bally sports more than likely like sports and they might be interested in soccer. I know this is a very long rant that I had. I haven't given you guys a chance to speak yet. Uh, thoughts on this. I'm going to go to you first, Brad thoughts on this, uh, announcement from Orange County uh, that their matches will be on Valley Sports. I mean, this is a in addition to, not subtracting from, because I believe uh, rumor is it's not going to be making local games broadcast on ESPN Plus as a blackout. So more casual fans just means more people to get introduced to the sport. Is there really a bad side in that? I don't think so. Uh, I think the only drawback is that it's home games instead of away games because uh, you might get some casual fans interested, but because it's all home games, they were like, well, I mean, I don't have to go. I can sit at home and I can watch. So yes, you're getting probably some money for that, for the deal. Right. Um, but does this increase the people wanting to go to games? That's like the hope. And then if it was like, five it was all away games and some home games i think that might be an even bigger better deal so you can get people like hey here's the team oh by the way they're home next week you should come check them out live um 
might be kind of cool. It, it's a it's great for the team, I think. And like overall, it's probably put some more uh, talking about money in the bank, right? I think it's probably put some more money in the bank. And if it gets some few, a few casuals, cool. If not, uh, if it doesn't get you in the door, at least you get some eyes, you get some advertising dollars. Like it's a it's a net benefit for the team. I would just personally like to see it more away than home, but. Um, and you know. and I'm going to guess that whole like away home thing is I think because like I think each you don't really see in USL like away teams doing their own broadcast for for a stream. Right. So there's no benefit for Orange County really to show an away game except for it gives maybe some viewing um, numbers. They're not going to get any ad revenue from it because it's going to probably more than likely if they're going to just restream or reshow or they're going to be, you know, what simulcasting the the opponent's stream so we all are familiar you know you watch against las vegas uh, lights you see a big old halftime show about fireworks um and you hear about uh perump's newest this and uh friendly's friendly toyota or finley's toyota whatever they are right you're getting all the ads from the the home team in those and i think that's more than likely i'm assuming it's going to be that i don't think orange county at this point is going to invest in uh, a broadcast team that they're going to send out to these away matches and uh, do their own stream of these matches. Uh, and we, again, we don't see that in you. So you don't see teams doing that. I think though, this sets you up for that opportunity um, where if, if this becomes successful, uh, you might be able to see orange County might now be able to start producing their own uh, game streams instead of using USL branded or USL provided uh, content, like the, the play-by-play guys and the, the, the production team. Right. Um, and, and, you got to remember too, by streaming those home games, those are Orange County's home games. So those ads are Orange County's ads. And the more viewers that tune into the match, the more money they're going to get from the advertisers. They're going to calculate how many eyes got to see, you know, what, and it's going to, you know, I'm sure they're, the contracts with the advertised with, with the companies is the more viewership, the more you're going to pay for, for what we're showing to get your message out there. So even by just doing that and getting them on Valley sports, it's going to allow that to um, benefit the team. So, a bunch of positives here. I know I, I I went to like, you know, well, but for people that have YouTube TV or FUBU or whatever, they're going to miss out still. They're probably, again, they're going to, those people that really want to watch it are going to be there. Any new eyes to see Orange County is going to be helpful, even if it brings in a few people in, but even just, again, the revenue dollars you're going to get out of it. Um, and it's going to help set this up. If, if the viewership can at least be, uh, enough of a number where Orange County sees a benefit that okay, hey, you know this works. Let's let's work out something with Valley Sports and do some pregame shows, or let's do you know special like little weekly recaps. Yeah, anyone that watches Clippers or Ducks or Angels on any of those channels, they always have these like this week, you know, Clippers this week or Angels this week or something like that. And it's all these little you know fluffy stories about what the team is doing in the community and outreach and you know, profiles on the players. So these are opportunities that we might be able to see with this type of setup. Ooh, now, Hey, guess what? After all this, we're now on almost the final little bit of this show. We still haven't recapped the match in Colorado <laughs> Springs. Uh, so let's do that right now. Luckily, thanks to, I believe it was you, Alan, uh, with my score prediction for the match against Colorado Springs. I'm in the lead for the predictions, at least for us. I know there actually were some fans that predicted the score correctly. 
Uh, I think I went and looked and Logan and, and Blaine actually guessed that it would be a one-two match in Colorado Springs. But Orange County, for those that you do not know, if you're watching this show, I don't know how you don't know this, but Orange County traveled up to Colorado Springs to start the defense of their title in the high altitude first game of the season. I know I um, said this was horrible idea to have the season start here. Uh, and it showed uh, Orange County comes up short. Uh, they gave up two goals. They they got a goal back from Milan Olaski, but could not uh, find the equalizer late in the match. So Orange County lost uh, 1-2 to Colorado Springs. Uh, Alan, thoughts on this match? And is there anything you saw from this match that Orange County fans should be concerned about at this point, one game into the season? I mean, there was there were some good stretches for Orange County, but I thought Orange County had possession but a lot in their own half, uh, which was kind of a weird place to be, I think, for Orange County for some of the time. Uh, and then the ball gets turned over. Um, I thought um, Kobe Henry had some uh, some defensive, uh, I wouldn't say blunders, but just kind of, like, I think he does a good job ushering the player to the touchline. But, like, between the two of them, between Henry and Rakowski, someone's got to get in the way of that ball. Like that's a tough goal to give up. Um, I thought this was a tough match for orange County to start off with. Colorado was a good team last year and they're get probably going to be better this year. You're at altitude. It looks cold. Um, so you're playing with like a, against the home field advantage in Colorado, which we talked about last time. I just thought orange County didn't do with possession, what they should do or have done in the past. And then they were just a little bit leakier on defense. Uh, like we saw there, we're just able to be opened up when last year, uh, maybe they sat back a little bit deeper um, and that wouldn't have, those types of passes wouldn't have happened. Um, but I think it was a little bit, maybe just uh, out of the gate, not great, but I mean, it's a long season. Wake me up after 10 games and we'll see where people really are. Um because I, I do think Orange County had some nice moments and probably could have walked out with a draw. Uh, but you could just as easily say that they could have given up, you know, three goals too. So it's like probably a fair result, uh, but an unfortunate one for Orange County, uh, just not quite enough. And just like Albie Scandy did in this match, coming in late to uh, get his uh, name on the sheets, uh, our Dylan makes an appearance to try and keep his streak alive. I don't know, gentlemen, do we allow him to to count this as part of his streak? I know he's coming in for the final couple minutes of this episode. Dylan, welcome. Um, give your quick thoughts on uh, Orange County this past weekend. And hey, Milan Olaski got uh, his first goal in his new uh, colors. Uh, thoughts on all of that? Yeah, um, you really took the Albi Scandi reference right out. I was going to say I'm the late arrival in there. And um, I was not going to say that I'm Osadina for obvious reasons. Um, we didn't play well. We didn't deserve three points. Uh, just that Milan Lasky goal gave me a little bit of hope, which was really annoying because then I was like, oh, maybe, maybe we can get a point. Maybe we get a point that we don't deserve. And then you have that little bit of hope for, for 15 minutes. And that's a bit disappointing. Um, I think there's some positives there and there's some, hint of what Orange County is going to look like without Ronaldo Damas playing. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time and I think it's going to have hey, to you missed You missed the Ronaldo Damas talk, so you don't get to chime in on that, Dylan. 
That's okay. I mean, I still feel like it's worth mentioning, even if he uh, doesn't transfer at this feed and it's still not here. So um, I'm glad to see that Patrick Kukowski's still in his good form. Um, you can't fault the first goal that went in. I mean, if it's in off the inside of the post, you, it doesn't get any better than that. So I like to think there's some well, growing pains with Kobe and, and those will get worked out before the summer, but also um, he's got to know uh, his performances in particular do have to be, do have to be better if he's going to be starting because pretty soon some visa issues might be worked out and we uh, might have a different center back back there who wears a number under five. Um, and it, I, I will say this because Dylan was at the watch party at Love Coast Brewing. At least, Dylan, you probably missed about a quarter of the match because uh, there was a big, gigantic orange thing covering or blocking your view of the TV there um, at Love Coast Brewing. Alan's like, what the heck was that? No, uh, Gnarly was, was in there, but he was like standing like right in front of the TV uh, for about 25% of the game. Um, and uh, he's very tall and he has a very big head. Um, so. Sometimes it's hard to see around a tall, fluffy, orange, big-headed, whatever he is. Yeah, um, more fun if it was gritty, but now that we're not undefeated. In gritty the with his, like, the eyes that move around when he shakes. Um, let me go to you, Brad. Thoughts on this match? Uh, you were watching up there uh, on <sighs> the ESPN Plus stream by yourself, maybe? I don't know. Were, were you hanging out by yourself watching Orange County? I usually spend Saturdays with the girlfriend's family. So I had my little tablet and I was watching on that. Um, so is that really spending time with the family? If you have the tablet out watching soccer? I mean, it was either that or I think they were had that uh, new Pixar movie seeing red or whatever it's called on the TV. Um, but Luckily, anyways, Pixar is not our sponsor. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm not getting paid for these thoughts. Um, but my personal thought is if we can play every match like we played the last 40 minutes of this match, I think we're going to be a solid playoff team again this season. I thought the last 40 minutes, you know, we had a lot of really good chances. We had the uh, we had the free kick that hit the crossbar. Milan Oloski's goal was class, you know, good uh, touch by him. Um, we need to play like that in order to win these games, but Colorado Springs is, as we highlighted last week, a very good team and they are going to be in talk to be in contention to host playoffs, playoff games this year. Um, they definitely improved from the team we saw late last year. Um, Really quick before we wrap up our thoughts on this match, you know, because we're watching the replays here on the live stream, you can see uh, the the brand new orange kits that we have. Um, anyone concerned that Orange County did not have the money to fill in the rest of the kit with uh, whatever those stripes were? Or um, do you guys like these kits? I'll go to you, Alan. Um, I maybe. You, I, you I haven't think... decided if you like them yet or not. I mean, a shirt is a shirt. If you get a win and put a star on it, does it really matter what it looks like if you're winning? Um, uh, what about you, Dylan? Thoughts on this uh, on this new kit? Do you do you wish they would have invested a few more dollars and finished in those lines uh, on like the shoulders or or the sides, or did you like the the slimming look that uh, I guess we have here? But let me really quick. Let me just say I I spoke to some people at the club, and this doesn't seem like this was exactly the the design they were wanting or anticipating when they ordered it. Um, so there's potentially that, but yeah, go for it, uh, Dylan. Um, it looks like a third, third of the way done. Uh, the, the 
line design cutting off of the sleeves is weird. Um, having it just completely off of the back is weird. Honestly, it would have looked better if we just slapped the star on last year's kits um, or two years ago. Th those were those are pretty solid. Um, but I, I don't even want to think about this kit again because, like all the other ones, it'll probably grow on me over time. Um, and like Alan said, it's got a star in it, so that's that's pretty freaking cool. Not a lot of the, other the clubs star can say benefits that. any of these kits. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong; the star looks awesome on these kits, but it, uh, again, it. I was asked my honest opinion uh, by some people at the club, and I gave my honest opinion. I, I I don't get why the lines stop like a couple inches short of the the seam at the top of the shoulder, or why they don't go all the way to the seam on the sides. Why it's like almost like you're trying to make our players look very skinny um, because of the way the stripes go. But hey, this that's the thing with this, right? Is is there's opinions. Some people love shirts and some people don't love shirts um you know and uh, i i think all of us are in agreement that we'd rather see the club invest the 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 big bucks in uh building a good squad building a good program investing in some youth uh, some young talent instead of being like say uh ford madison and investing in or, or like a las vegas lights and investing a lot of money into very amazing unique kits now who knows maybe that's a good investment because you know, they probably do sell quite a bit of their kits. Some of these, these teams, I mean, wasn't it like two years ago, Las Vegas had like a, a, a new kit for every home match. I mean, there's, there's some marketing there potentially, but who knows? Uh, and people, I guess some people like, I mean, Golington likes both shirts. I, I don't know what both shirts mean. Cause there's three different shirts, I believe, but um, you know, who knows what, well, we only know what which one he like. doesn't, which one doesn't Golington like uh, Alan. <laughs> Thoughts or or Brad uh, Brad or Alan, one of you fight over it. I don't care. Go first. Um, no comment on the dust kits. <laughs> Alan's favorite, by the way. I mean, I liked them before. Um... <laughs> Brad. Okay. Um. I already. And said I was my... going to get to that, Harry. I was going to talk about that, but we'll let Brad get his last thoughts on. Uh... I, I I already said my opinion on the uh, the new black kit, new black kits last week. Um, I'm actually. I feel like I'm in the minority. I actually like these orange. But they have a kits. star. They have a star. <sighs> it's not that. Wasn't that the argument? Even uh, Alan liked that argument of they have the, the the orange ones have a star, so they're great. Uh, um, I actually do like the uh the new, um orange kits I, I i don't know why i guess uh when the shirt that i'm currently wearing which is a the 2020 reno 1868 shirt came out i hated it but it grew on me um this one this new uh orange kit that we have uh kind of at first i didn't like it but i grew on it really quick so i actually do like them um so let's talk about another team's kit because uh, we all saw San Antonio this weekend uh, play. And uh, let me ask you this. Did anyone watch any part of the game or any highlights? And if so, um, could you tell uh, the jersey numbers or the names on the back of those jerseys at any point when watching that match? Alan, you raise your hand, so I'm going to go to you. Uh, I already used this one joke once, but I said uh, I thought San Antonio played pretty well. I would tell you which player did, but I couldn't tell them apart. It reminded me of uh, a few years back, one of my, actually my very first uh, time uh, being a credential media member at an Orange County game 
was uh, an open cup match. I believe it was against uh, Golden State Force FC Soccer Club thingamajigger. Um, but they wore white kits with like a very light gold uh, numbering and lettering. And up in the press box, I was up there and I could not see any names or any numbers. Um, I don't know uh, on the stream. Uh, I, I would assume because it was this, uh, San Antonio, it was like San Antonio announcers doing this game. So they probably had a few weeks to prepare for it. But I, I, I'm interested to see how a Devin Kerr or a Mike Watts deal with um, trying to call this game when all they're doing is they're sitting at a computer like we do when we record our podcast. So you only have a small little screen of what's going on. Um, and it'll be interesting, right? So um, thank you, uh, producer, for getting the name right. FC Golden State Force. Um, but uh, it was very interesting. I, I, I want to know who came up with black on black uh, for you know that. And isn't there some sort of rule against this? Because it ruins the ability for press, fans, commentators, even like officials to see what's going on uh dylan throw in your your two cents here or three cents bad kit um they shouldn't be wearing it i don't know why the usl approved that but i think we've already established for a multitude of reasons that the league just does whatever they want and nothing has you know it's a bit like um trying to think that 90s game show whose line is it anyway um the rules um are all made up and they don't count for anything so welcome to the usl there we go um brad i mean if you want to see you're you're gonna tell us brad that you love those kits and no 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 um for like the whole youtuber concept of like this but better if you want to see a better example of how to do a black and dark kit uh look at the chrome kits from uh oklahoma oakland um it's their black default kit, and they're easier to read. It keeps the same black and chrome idea, and it just looks cleaner. And, and by all means, I mean, it, it looks neat, and the concept of it's neat, and it would be good as if it's like just like let's sell this kit to the fans, but let's not actually wear it um, in the stands. This can be like just sort of an exclusive for sale in our shop, but it just makes it so difficult for uh, fans and, and everyone else to to be able to tell what's going on. It's Almost like I could imagine if Orange County had, you know, orange kits with orange lettering, we're out there and we're trying to, you know, it's a preseason game and we're given approval to to do the play-by-play for that. And I could just imagine Alan from San Diego looking on his computer screen, trying to uh, pick out numbers and and guess who's who um, on that. Uh, but uh, interesting choice. We'll see how it goes throughout the year and we'll see if, if this is something that is allowed to continue or if this is uh, an experiment and they figure out, nope, this doesn't work. Um by uh, the way, Ray. anyone that follows uh, follows me on Twitter, I posted a poll asking, can we keep this episode at an hour or less? Three of you voted that we wouldn't be able to, and you all were correct. So great job. Give yourself a pat on the back, the three of you that voted. Uh, by the way, uh, there is another team that did a monochrome kit this year. Uh, that was a team in, uh, I believe, uh, they're in London, and even they couldn't say London was still red because they were all white. Uh, but I think that was for like anti knife crime. So it was like a specific uh, initiative that they were highlighting wearing a. Uh, well, yeah, they didn't want to wear kit. blood on their, or sorry, blood red on their jersey if they're doing an anti knife uh, night. Correct. They also realized that London is not actually red. Um, 
it's nothing. It's it's an unnamed soccer club. Um, I mean, FC. statistics would tell you, at least in the Premier League, that it's blue, right? Uh, are we talking about the unnamed London Football Club? Well, because there's also Tottenham wears blue, right? So, so there's more teams that wear blue in London than red, if that makes sense. I would have to investigate that claim uh, with all of the teams and all of the leagues in London. I said, uh, I but I did, to. I did say, but in Premier League. Yeah, in the history of the Premier League, I will have to look to see all of the London clubs and what color they were before I agree oh. to whether or not that's a factual statement or not. Like we have yes, to have welcome to the orange and black soccer cast. We have to have in journalistic integrity here, so I have to investigate that claim before I agree to it. Oh, we're we're, we're <laughs> we have journalistic integrity now, huh, Alan? I love I, it. We, I, I would we're, advise we're um, my co-host uh, A Underwood Forty Eight. Um, to not say anything more, uh, given we might be restricted in the United Kingdom for some of our comments. Okay, um, let's do this really quick. Any other soccer stuff anyone wants to talk about um, before we move on to our random thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to give my first weekly update on the least versus best conference uh, matchups. Uh, we already kind of discussed it real quick in terms of jerseys, but in the inaugural 2022 East versus West, San Antonio beat Detroit City. So right now the uh, Bestern Conference is up 1-0 on the Leastern. Although this coming week, it's Memphis 9-1 versus Oakland. And Oakland's and on the Tulsa, road. So. And Tulsa versus Loyal. And Loyal's on the road. But you need uh, that loyal. That's next. I believe that's next week. Yeah. That's the week after, because next week they're playing Sacramento. Did I mess that up already? I'm not even two You're weeks. Already messing up. Right? That's Glad next Wednesday. Out. It's next Wednesday, well, not yeah. tomorrow. Um, Dylan, you have any random soccer to discuss? Sure. Let's move on to random thoughts. We'll go to Alan first. Alan, what's your random thought of the evening? <laughs> Uh, my random thought is I'm taking my kids to SCSBOA festival on Thursday and none of my students have ever been to festival before. So it is going to be hurting cats and chaos. Uh, but I hope they have a good time cause that's what it's all about. So that's what, uh, what musical selection are you guys uh, performing at this festival? <laughs> uh, beginning band is playing, uh, dragon slayer. Then they're playing atomic clock and then they're playing presto. Uh, Savonic Band is playing Cedar Canyon Roundup, uh, and then they are playing a piece called Shenanigans, uh, which is my favorite title, and Escape from Thunder Mountain is the third piece. Perfect. And Brad, which one out of all those ones that uh, Alan's bands are playing, which is your favorite piece? No comment. Dylan, do you have a favorite out of those uh, amazing uh, song selections Alan picked for his beginning symphony and whatever the other band is i'm a big fan of escape from thunder mountain that's that's fun it's a pretty good one is that the the song they play while you're writing the ride at disneyland <laughs> no pretty sure that's not thunder mountain it's not thunder mountain what disneyland have you been to thunder mountain railroad this here is the wildest ride in the wilderness. <laughs> Hold on to them hats and glasses. Even Brad, Brad, who's not from Southern California, knew that there was a Thunder Mountain because I could tell by his uh, face palm there. Uh, Dylan, random thought from you, Dylan. 
I actually have a, a special guest who'd like to make a random thought. Uh, Re the kids. So um, welcome back to the podcast. This hey, time Nikki's here. here. What's up, Nikki? Hi, Nikki. Um, you, well, you work on Thunder Mountain Railroad. The kids should be um, pink and purple, maybe even some rainbow with some hearts, so that everyone has to confront their toxic. Apparently, uh, Dylan, our, our producer kicked that uh, comment off. That was all about our uh, our uh, producer there. But uh, Nikki, how long uh, were the wait times today on Thunder Mountain Railroad? Railroad. Three hours. Three hours today. Awesome. Perfect. And, and if you saw, Brad had a pink and yellow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pink and yellow. It's not red uh, so and rainbow. There are some but... colors that you like there. Hey, there, there's pink, which is the color of hearts. And yellow is in rainbows, so that's uh, I would ever. Does your masculinity feel threatened? No. Who's if, if there was ever a uh, rainbow kid, I I would probably buy a rainbow kid if it was Dude, a one-off real, thing. Real real men will wear pink. I mean, that you know that's what you should do, and not call you it should, salmon. You should get one of those the the Dark Knight Forever kits or whatever the dusk dusk kit, and like just bedazzle it and like make it fabulous, and then, you know. Then it'll look like a Las Vegas lights kit. I mean, um, right? I mean, that's isn't Las Vegas. That's a Nikki was describing a Las Vegas lights kick, so she should just become a Las Vegas lights fan. Um, All right, I'm gonna have to go. Some more out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay, Brad. Random thought from you. Um, my random thought is uh, musicals are fun. Are you performing in a new musical? Uh, now we are doing James and the Giant Peach on High Dog, and uh, and this summer looking at doing uh, Hairspray. We are losing Brad to musical theater. Eventually, he's going to be. No, I'm here. I'm here, Broadway. and I was on time. And he will be too big to perform. Oh, I do have on one more show. thing. Uh, do we allow Dylan a prediction for this week, or do we take the liberty of giving him a prediction? He wasn't here when we previewed the match, so he doesn't know. Eleven. He doesn't predict it. 11, 11 to no 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 wait 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 no 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 I think I think his score 50. was one thousand and one because if you look he was holding up the one and there was the two circles oh it's like classes. when you do mom I get it yeah so one thousand and one to V one thousand one to V Brad we are playing charades I love this <laughs> yeah for those of you that are listening to the podcast you're missing out because Dylan was doing an amazing job of trying to get some charades um random thought for me. Um, thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know where to go. Oh, random thought for me. Um, you know, in a couple days, St. Patrick's day, enjoy your St. Patrick's day, but be safe. Don't drink and drive. Um, and, uh, don't drink and podcast because apparently things get messed up when you do so. Um, yeah, I want to thank our guest this week, Edson Ochoa for jumping on. Um, and everything went smoothly on that and, uh, thank all of our, uh, listeners who listened live and contributed some questions and some comments and all that fun stuff uh, for Alan, for Brad and Dylan making an appearance just so we can keep a streak alive, jumping in in the, the, the 83rd minute of this podcast. Um, that's the type of uh, person is he's just worried about his streak and not worried about the team. Uh, but thank you for doing so Dylan uh, for everyone. This is the orange and black soccer cast and we are out. Oh, got it.